0: where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 133, 2017, Turkey Hunting Season Recap and Lessons Learned. And I am your host and the guy who is on location from Arizona chasing turkeys. So the intro and the outro are going to be very quick today because of two reasons. Number one, I just mentioned that I'm on location in Arizona and we are turkey hunting and so we're about to get back out after them. Reason number two is I have a long episode for you today so we're going to jump right into it right now and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I am on the phone today with the Turkey Hunter podcast intern, Cameron Weddington. Cameron, how are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Good deal. So, I know where you are because if you're not at home studying right now because you have finals coming up, I have a feeling that your mother will probably track you down and you're not too big to get the stew whipped out of you by her. So even though I know where you are, tell everybody where you are and what you're doing right now. Well,
1: I'm at home in my at my college home in Birmingham, Alabama, and woke up a few hours ago tending to my dog currently. And later in the morning here, I'm going to definitely start studying for my finals next week so that I hopefully can graduate next Friday. And my parents will definitely want me to
0: graduate on Friday. <laughs> yes, indeed. I would imagine they do. So I've got to tell this story just because it's too funny. Some of you may know that Cameron not only interns for me for the Turkey Hunter podcast, but Cameron did an internship for me for the mortgage company this spring. So, in order to pass the internship, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, but it's a pass or fail. Yes, it's a pass sale class. Yeah, and he had to pass to graduate, so we're not real sure if he <laughs> has passed the internship yet or not, but we we think that he's probably going to pass that class. So in order to pass the class, he had to write a paper and present it to his class about what he did and what he learned during his internship, and that presentation was yesterday, is that right? Yep. Had the
1: presentation yesterday. Wrote a paper and turned it in yesterday. Did all the fun things.
0: Fantastic. So, another part of the requirement in order to pass that class was for the person that you reported to during your internship to write a letter for you as well. That person that had to write the letter is me. Which is a scary thought. I'm glad that you have the respect for me that you should. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad that you know me like you should now after all this time. So, you guys know that I like to pull a prank every now and again. So, I wrote a letter for Cameron. I actually wrote a letter about Cameron to give to the person who is the administrator over the internship program at Sanford University in Birmingham. And I don't have the letter in front of me, but in the letter... I was required to list out what Cameron did during his internship at the mortgage company. And some of Cameron's job duties at the mortgage company included (laughs) running a trap line for raccoons, dispatching raccoons and possums, interviewing turkey hunting pros at the local sporting goods (laughs) store (laughs) (laughs) when they had their turkey day, what else is on the list, Cameron? Oh
1: Scouting for wild turkeys via Google
0: Earth. Yeah that was a good one. That was a that was a very good one. And and you excelled at that, by the way.
1: <laughs> I got I got plenty of tens dropped throughout my mortgage experience.
0: You also did some scouting for a turkey hunting trip in North Carolina.
1: Yes, yes. Went on a, a corporate trip to North Carolina to Hot
0: Turkey. Yeah, it was a field trip. It was a learning, a learning <laughs> trip. was <laughs> what it was. And it really was a learning trip. And we need, to, we need to talk about that really trip was. a little bit as well, so we'll touch on that in just a minute. But that is pretty much along the lines of what I put in Cameron's mortgage internship letter to give to the administrator over the program. Yeah, yeah. The, the
1: dispatching raccoons would have really, that would have solidified my past for sure, in my opinion.
0: You got to be pretty proficient at it.
1: <laughs> I, I'd kill a raccoon. If I didn't learn anything else, I'd know how to kill them now.
0: Yeah, you're much more proficient with a 2 by 4 and a raccoon than I am with a pellet gun and a raccoon. <laughs> And we're just going to leave it at that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good, uh, they can interpret that any way that they want to. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, all right, um, we're going to move off of that subject, but it was awfully fun giving Cameron that letter yesterday for him to give to the administrator of the internship program. And of course he knew that, that he was not going to give her that letter and that that was not going to be the one that was submitted by me. So I wrote him a nice, very complimentary letter, and he actually has not seen that because I don't want him thinking that he's done such a great job that he can just slack off (laughs) going forward. But I have a feeling he's going to get a capital P in that class. So, yeah, I,
1: I hope so. If not, I'll be very upset and I really don't want to have to come back and pay to go to school next year to take an internship
0: class again. So. Yeah, for what, one hour credit? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so sorry, mom and dad, I couldn't graduate because <laughs> I lacked one hour of credit because Andy failed me in my internship.
1: <laughs> yeah, that probably, probably you might be getting a phone
0: call. It probably won't be a very nice one. I don't think it'd be just a phone call. It, I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up <laughs> knocking on my door one one morning. So yeah, yeah that wouldn't go over very well, but... Like I said, that is not why we're talking today. We're talking today to do a little recap of our 2017 spring turkey hunting seasons. And so I'm going to let you go first, and I want you to kind of summarize your season. Give me the Cliff's Note version of your season, and let's say do it in four sentences.
1: Okay. It started out with a bang. Went really dry until Tennessee season opened up. Tennessee was great. I'll never hunt in Alabama again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was four sentences. That's pretty strong.
1: <laughs> That's my four sentences that I cheated.
0: Oh, gosh. All right. So. I guess I've got to play by the same rules and give four sentences to summarize my season. I put you on the spot and I was not prepared to give my four sentences. So here we go. Started out with a bang, heard a lot of gobbling, was very frustrated and ended the season with mixed emotions. All right. So those are my four sentences and I've got a PS to add. I've got one more week of hunting. So technically my season's not over. It could go yeah, out with a bang or it could finish very much like it finished in Alabama. So most everybody if they've listened to the show regularly, they know about my season and the frustrations that I've had this season, but I want to I want you to I guess go into a little bit more detail about your season. So Alabama season comes in how much earlier than Tennessee? it came in on March 15th
1: and Tennessee season opens on April 1st so okay. i was able to hunt for two and a half weeks i think
0: before yeah. 16 17 days somewhere in that neighborhood yeah okay and in Alabama we're allowed 5 birds and i know what the limit is in Tennessee but what is the limit 4 okay now for those of you who don't know Cameron all that well he is from west Tennessee yeah and so, he has family there, and he goes home to Tennessee on the weekends to hunt there, and, of course, when their season is in. And how many different properties do you have access to in Tennessee?
1: <clears throat> three different three different blocks, and we just got a new one for next season that we're really excited about that my brother went down to and heard three different birds on, so... We
0: got, next season I'll have
1: four, and this year I have have three pretty good-sized blocks of land I could hunt on.
0: Okay. And so when you say pretty good size, what are you One's
1: 400 acres, one's 800 acres, and then the other one's a combination of three properties that I have
0: permission from all three landowners to hunt, and it's probably another 300 acres. Okay. All right. So Alabama starts off, and actually Alabama started during your spring break week.
1: Yep. I had to miss the first three days. Of Alabama season
0: but when you got back to Alabama from spring break you did pretty good your first day out didn't you
1: yeah yeah I got back and everybody thought I was crazy after spring break waking up the next morning at 4 a.m to go turkey hunting
0: and some went people out just there and, don't get it
1: yeah they don't understand I've been waiting for 365 days <laughs> to do this <laughs> and uh Got out there and killed one my first morning hunting in Alabama this season after hunting all year last year and coming home with one Jake that just so happened to run across in front of me accidentally last year. but so this year killed a long beard my very first day out.
0: Very nice. And if I'm not mistaken, it was raining that day. Is that Correct.
1: Yeah, it was raining, it was terrible weather, (laughs) and I knew that that was the only agricultural field around, the cut corn field, and I knew that that was the only field that was within any, I mean, miles of the area I was in. And so I just sat there with a Jake and a hen decoy up, heard one gobble two or three times on the roost, heard a ton of hens with him, and just sat there and waited till 11 o'clock, and they, they came out in that field at
0: 11, and I killed him. Very he had nice. twenty five hens with him by himself. Goodness gracious, <laughs> man, that's. I wonder how long it takes to breed twenty five hens to get to where that bird would be truly callable.
1: Oh, he probably would still have. I mean, he, he did He obviously doesn't have hens anymore because his birds are hanging up in my room. But <laughs> he, uh, he would probably still have a couple hens. I would think there had to be a couple jennies in that group that probably wouldn't be able to build a good nest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was your first day out that that gave you roughly because and, and I forgot about spring break. So you didn't actually have 16 or 17 days in Alabama of hunting before you started up in Tennessee. Yeah, you I, had more like two weeks.
1: Yeah, I probably hunted, I'd say, 11 to 12 days actually hunting. I probably had to I think I had to take one or two off because I had test the next day. But I probably hunted 11 to 12 days before
0: Tennessee started. Yeah. All right. So in Tennessee. Well, what what happened over the next couple of weeks that you hunted in alabama well my goal
1: that turkey i killed was on the only piece of private property i have permission to hunt in alabama and it's the that was the only gobbler i heard there and i'm pretty sure that was the only gobbler around there judging by he had all the hands with him and stuff and so my goal for the season one of them was kill turkey on alabama public land which i wish i would not have made that a goal of mine at at this point (laughs) looking back but (laughs) So I set out to do that and went, I mean, just walking miles upon miles every day chasing turkeys on Alabama public land until Tennessee opened. And I heard turkeys, saw turkey sign, everything would, every turkey I heard would gobble two to three times on the roost, fly down, nothing, never responded to any calling. I, I did not have a single turkey respond to hen calling. And that was, that's how it went for every day I went until Tennessee opened up. And then I was very happy and excited to be able to jump in the truck and drive away from Alabama for a little while.
0: Yeah. When you got to Tennessee, the turkey gods were smiling on you, weren't they?
1: <laughs> I know Tennessee a little better. I have private land I can hunt, which is a,
0: a huge help.
1: And every, and turkeys, there, those are actual just eastern turkeys, whereas Alabama has greater wild eastern turkey, in my opinion. <laughs> I think they should be called the greater. And so they were normal turkeys up there. So that was nice.
0: Okay, so how many turkeys did you kill in Tennessee this season?
1: I tagged out, killed four. Nice. And, uh, that was in literally like I maybe have hunted seven days in Tennessee this season. Yeah, I mean, and and I and I called up uh, one of those. I got to double with my brother, and then another one I, my brother shot it. So we I actually got to see six turkeys die in Tennessee over those days. Very nice. Uh, And, I mean, I'm not an an incredible turkey hunter or anything, but that was the best turkey season I've had in Tennessee in a long time. It was almost sad that it ended so fast. Yeah. Because it's still going on. I'm actually going back to Tennessee for Saturday morning. I'm leaving tonight, Gonna hunt in the morning and come right back. I'm hunting with a guy in Franklin, Tennessee, in the morning, and I'm going to try to call him up a bird. He's about to move to Washington, D.C., so we won't be turkey hunting together very much anymore after this this experience so hopefully i can get him a turkey in
0: yeah very cool
1: yeah well well, how about you you, you just hunted alabama so uh,
0: yeah pretty much and you know that was actually one of my goals for the year and i i really i'm still trying to figure out where the season went to be quite honest with you i i planned on going to georgia and maybe trying to tackle mississippi as well even if it were just for a few days. And I actually went to neither of those states. And then you and I took a quick road trip to North Carolina, which was really kind of spur of the moment. I'd been planning it for about a week, but it was a spur of the moment decision to go, even though it was, you know, a few days out before we actually went. But so I didn't get to Georgia and Mississippi like I wanted to. And what I'm going to do this year, and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, what I'm going to do this year is actually join a hunting club in both Georgia and in Mississippi because I don't have either of those states marked off of my list for my grand, or Super Slam. So yep. I'm going to join hunting clubs in those states, and I can be at either depending on where exactly the hunting club is, I can be across the state line in either of those states in a little under two hours. And so it takes me nothing for a weekend trip. Yeah, exactly. It takes me two hours to get to my hunting camp from my front door. So, you know, that's really not much different than I would be doing just to go to my hunting camp. And for me this year, right before hunting season deer season started this past year, we lost, our hunting club lost about 700 to 800 acres of property. And that 700 to 800 acres is where I'd killed over the past three years, probably 80% of the turkeys that I killed off the place had come from that, those two pieces of property that combined to be 700 or 800 acres. So Right off the bat, I knew going into turkey season it was going to be a little bit of a challenge down there at the hunting camp. And the new property that we'd picked up there was about 700 acres. So I thought we were going into the hunting deer season and turkey season with about, oh, all totaled about 1,600 acres in that area. Then we have another 300 acres that's about an hour north of there. And we ended up not having the best seven or eight hundred acres, the seven, eight hundred acres that we had left is primarily cut over that's about four years old. Ugh. Yes. And the even the creek bottom that runs through that property had been select cut. And so Man. it's thick. Yeah. <laughs> now I ended up killing one bird on the hunting club property, and that was the day after opening day. Mhm. Yeah, was, I got a nice
1: smiling selfie while I was on my cruise.
0: Yeah, making me wish I was back home. Yeah. Well, I'd hope to send you about three of those, but <laughs> you know, all
1: five already.
0: You yeah, know? that'd have been it's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, one works. I was happy sending you one. It was a great hunt and a lot of fun. It was a mid morning hunt, and you know, you actually gobbled. But come to find out, the <laughs> wow. gobbling, yeah, the gobbling part was not. What made that hunt great is just that I had a male wild turkey on my hunting properties. That's what made that hunt great and unique because I ended up through the season without gobbling wild turkeys on my hunting properties. And that's where my frustration really, uh, I guess, I, I mean, began, but also ended when the season ended. There were still basically no birds where I'd been in areas where I'd been killing birds before. So That was, I had a good first week, killed two turkeys, then I hit a long dry spell, and then my last week, missed a turkey, and then you and I went to North Carolina. I came back and uh, hunted my last morning, spooked a bird walking into the area that I hunted and never saw anything else again. And I think it's a great way to end it all. It was a perfect way to end the Alabama season for sure. And I, I tell you how bad it had gotten, uh, and I don't think I told you this, Cameron, but you do know that I have a peacock that comes through my property in Chilton County. But yeah. he, he just lives there. I mean, he he just is in that area, and he passes through every so often. I get some, I get him on the game camera pictures, and I see him driving down the road every so often. He'll be out in the road, and I heard him Sunday morning, the last morning of season. <laughs>
1: Oh no. That peacock picked the wrong time to be making noise.
0: And of course, I don't really know how to make a peahen sound. And I don't have a peahen call, but I do know that they have them on YouTube. So I played a peahen sound, thinking that maybe I could get the peacock to come in. And then at that point, it would be just a matter of do I or don't I? But I thought well, I'd at least just give took myself a picture a decision. of his spurs. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Joker's got <laughs> at least, at least two inch spurs.
1: Yeah, you just send the selfie with the spurs this time and don't show the, the fan or <laughs> anything on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the peacock, for his good fortune, never showed up again. I'm not sure that I would have squeezed the trigger, but. It it was at least fun to kind of play around to see if I could even call the thing in, but I've yeah. got some got some work to do on my peacock calling, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that'll
1: be a goal for the off season. Learn to be a peahen.
0: Yeah, and I think they they strut and they're they made around here. At least I saw him strutting last year in early June. So. I've got a huh. little over a month to work on my peahen calls to see if I can call him in. And I think it'd be really cool to be able to call him in and, and just run the video camera on him. If I could get him strutting in, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would definitely be pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. all right. So I'm way off subject. Now we're talking about peacocks, and it's and this is a turkey hunting podcast. So, all right. You mentioned that one of your goals for the year was to kill a bird on public land in Alabama. And that you wish that yep. you'd never had that, that you'd never made that a goal. But yeah, that, it wasn't all frustration for you on public land. You did have some successes. Tell us about yeah. that.
1: Well, I, I mean, first off, finding them on public land is hard enough, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have listeners that, you know, it's easy as pie for them to go to Alabama and kill them on public land all the time. But sure. For me, I. I mean, it took me forever scouting. We talked about my scouting woes earlier on the podcast, and yeah. I was struggling to find them, and so I finally found the turkeys, and the things just, they just don't gobble. I mean, they just did not gobble this year, and I, I think that was on private land and public land this year in Alabama, but they, I would be on them, and I knew there were turkeys in the area I was in, and they would just, they gobble maybe one time, maybe twice, and that was it, and then... I found one turkey that liked to gobble pretty good, and spent roughly half of my season trying to kill this this same turkey that he he literally just infuriated me on a daily basis and destroyed me inside. Just he just he he won. He
0: just he finally
1: just won. And what was I gave he doing up. to you? I mean,
0: what was he doing? One
1: thing he would he would gobble twice on the roost. And I'd start moving over there towards him. And he instead of roosting up on top of a ridge like all the other turkeys I'd hunted, he would be the turkey that would roost down in the bottom. And so you top out on the ridge, and then he goes flying off because he's actually half the distance you think he is. And then he would get in the he would get in a strut zone or get out in the middle of a big open cutover or something, and he would not move. I mean, he just would not move. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one day I thought I was going to kill him, it was 1030. I was giving up because I couldn't get him to gobble or anything. And I called one last time and he cut me off and he was about 70 yards away. And I so I just stood there by the tree with my gun up and waited for two hours and the turkey never showed up. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that was when I thought I was going to get him. When he cut me off at 1030, I thought, all right, here's my best chance, you know. And he just, he still didn't do it. And then, so I, I finally gave up on him and went and found me another turkey. That that one actually worked out great. I found him at about nine uh, yeah, it was nine o'clock one, one morning, and he gobbled until twelve o'clock. I had to leave and go to class. and he gobbled for three hours from nine to twelve while I was sitting there, and he did not leave this ridge.
0: So the next mm-hmm. morning,
1: you'll never guess where I was. I was up on the ridge.
0: What? And, Why would you yeah, go there?
1: I I don't know. I just thought, you know, hey, maybe he likes it up there or something. If he stood there for three hours and gobbled. <laughs> I went and got up on that ridge, and he gobbled, and he was about 800 yards off. And I was like, I don't care. I'm sitting here because I, I, I know you like this spot. And so, throughout the morning, he would gobble once every two hours, probably, I mean, or an hour and a half, maybe. And I could kind of tell he was moving off to my left a little bit, but getting closer the whole time. And about, I think it was about eight thirty, nine o'clock, he gobbled at about 400 yards on his own. And I swapped calls from, I was using the slate call, and I swapped my mouth call, and I, I hit that, and about the third yelp, he cut me off from about 400 yards. And I was like, all right, there we go. He knows I'm here, and I'm in his strut zone, so... Maybe he'll come up here. So I waited about, actually timed it 15 minutes and called again, and he cut me off. He was a 100 yards away, so he was coming quick. And so I got my, you know, I have my gun pointing right where I last heard him gobble, which is what I've always done with turkeys. And I'm texting a guy who's a biologist at, at this WMA that I was hunting, and he said, he's probably going to come in behind you. They come in behind you in this place. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to not point my gun where the turkey last gobbled. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't have
1: done it. No, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, right. This guy knows he's going to come in behind me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I call and nothing. And I was like, man, that turkey ought to be, he ought to be, he's within gun range. I could just feel it. You know what I mean? I could just feel that he, he was within gun range somewhere. And about that time, literally the closest I've ever heard that sound in my life, I just hear it and i'm like oh my gosh i cut my eyes to the right and this this gobbler literally is five steps from me walking in from behind me (laughs) and and he peeks his head around the tree next to me and we had a moment where we just looked each other in the eyes and i think he saw me blink or something because i mean he was seriously that close like i was i was trying not to blink And he he looked me in the eyes and realized the predator-prey relationship and decided he did not want to stick around much longer. And so he took off running, and I jumped up and shot at him while he was running away and missed. So that was great. And that was was about it. I hunted a couple more days on public land, got on different birds. Overall, I hunted basically every day of the Alabama season other than the weekends when I would go home to Tennessee, and I found eight different turkeys on all of those days hunting.
0: Eight different turkeys. turkeys. Eight gobbling turkeys on Alabama public land. Yep. And I'm not going to say one shot fired because you actually shot at that turkey more than one time. And I'm not saying that to rub it in. I
1: unloaded my gun on that turkey. Yeah. And
0: and that's not to rub (laughs) it in. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, if you still have a shot on the turkey and you still have shotgun shells, why are you not shooting? So, yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm, he was
1: running directly kind of at an angle from right to left when I jumped up running away from me. And so first shot was probably at 35 and, you know, then probably 40, 45. Well, actually, the last shot he was flying. So that one would have really been the Annie Oakley shot if I had shot him in the woods while flying. That would have been great.
0: Yeah. So... You have limited experience on public land hunting, is that correct? Uh,
1: this was my first year ever hunting public land. Okay. My, this is my first ever experience on public land it was the first day I went out there this year.
0: All right. And for those of you who, who are listening to the show, if you've never hunted public land in Alabama, and I'm going to throw Mississippi in there and probably going to throw Georgia in there as well. Yeah. It's it's just different i can't really i mean i can tell you what it's like and i can tell you why i think it that it's different and i think that it's different because of pressure but it's unlike anything you've ever experienced before in your life it is very frustrating and yes very
1: frustrating
0: yeah and and there there are some great turkey hunters in this country i'm there's no denying that and i'm not going to claim to ever be the best turkey hunter that there is I've got quite a few turkeys underneath my belt and there are some turkey hunters out there in Alabama and in Mississippi and in Georgia who can go and limit out on public land every season. But hunting a turkey on public land in Alabama, because I have done it myself is tough. Yeah. It's just,
1: I think there's turkeys on public land here that that are – you hear about unkillable turkeys, and I think that there are some here that are literally unkillable. Yeah. Unless he just – unless you didn't make a sound and you sat down and he accidentally walked by you
0: one day. You know, I have called in more turkeys on public land by walking in the leaves. I don't, yeah, I don't
1: doubt it. They they were not responsive. To, that was the only turkey, the one I missed, was the, that was the only one that ever responded to a hen sound that I made. And I mean, I was calling soft to all these turkeys, I wasn't blasting them or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty tough. Now, you have in your relatively short turkey hunting career, because you're still a young man, you haven't hunted very many states. You've hunted Mm-mm. now how many states after this season? Three. Tennessee,
1: Alabama, and our trip to North Carolina, May 3.
0: Okay. All right. And we hunted public land in North Carolina. What would you say as far as a comparison between hunting public land in North Carolina and hunting public land in Alabama?
1: I will be back hunting in North Carolina next year. I hope to never hunt public land in Alabama ever again. (laughs) If that tells you a good (laughs) comparison. There were turkeys everywhere in North Carolina. and They actually gobbled, gobbled good up into the morning. Now, I mean, you didn't have a single turkey ever respond to hen calling with a gobble, but I mean, it was definitely, there was a lot more opportunity there than I had over as many days as I hunt in Alabama. I heard more turkeys there in three days than I heard over the entire season in Alabama. So yeah, it's. There were a lot more turkeys out there, but there also were a ton of turkey hunters, which me and you did not expect.
0: Yeah, I was very surprised about that.
1: There were a lot of turkey hunters. I mean, every, and none of them wear camo apparently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The very first hunter that we bumped into out there was an older gentleman who was dressed in jeans and a blue and white plaid flannel (laughs) shirt. and he's turkey hunting so maybe you and i were doing it wrong in north carolina and we should have been wearing our street clothes
1: yeah maybe if you just dress like you're you know going about your normal day the turkeys just come up near you or something and you can shoot them then you just hide your gun
0: for a little while i
1: don't know yeah they probably thought we were weird because we were ducked out in camouflage they probably thought we were hardcore or something
0: yeah yeah so you're going back to North Carolina, and we've got our trip planned already for North Carolina. We don't have like the fine details planned as far as where we're staying and that kind of thing, but we kind of know we have an idea of where we're going to be staying. We know where we're going to be hunting. Oh, yeah. Definitely know where we're going hunting. And we know when we're going back.
1: Yep. We've got time period down for sure. And I'm feeling pretty good about that hunt, too. North
0: Carolina, North Carolina was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a good state to go to for public land. I know that. There's a lot of it there where we went. There's no no question. So mm-hmm. you've got some private land access in Alabama. You've got a cousin who owns some property in Alabama, which is where you killed your turkey. And you've got access or had access to hunt about 1,000 acres in West Alabama. You've been with me a couple of times. How would you compare private land hunting in alabama to public land hunting in north carolina
1: i i mean i killed one on private land here but i mean i i I would probably rather still hunt the public in north carolina to be honest i mean it's just there were more gobblers in like an area that like within listening distance of where you would go than anywhere i've been in alabama yeah and i mean my, my cousin's place here he's definitely got turkeys on it and they're you know you can obviously i killed one thank the lord so this state has crossed off forever and I, I don't know i just i, I felt like our odds were i mean i missed one in north carolina just so the listeners know andy andy called up a great gobbler for me that came in silent he stood there and raised his head up at 40 yards and presented himself perfectly to be killed and I pulled the trigger and he flew off, so that was great. But I mean, we did work one into gun range in a three-day hunt that we went on late season too. So I mean, these were pressured bird, and I would I would still pick. I I do not plan on ever coming back to Alabama to hunt again but for nothing else. The license, the license, extremely expensive too for out of state. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I, I think I think the license this year was two hundred fifty dollars for me. I mean, that's. That's expensive. I'll, I'm not going to buy that license to come hunt for three or four days, you know.
0: So I guess really the reason I'm asking these questions that I'm asking you about Alabama and comparing it to these other states, and, and I'm, I already know, and I'm sh- pretty sure everyone who's listening to this can probably pick up the fact that you think that turkey hunting in Tennessee is much better than it is in Alabama. So we're, I'm not even going to bring that up. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I guess, dwelling on this a little bit more because right before season started, you and I stumbled across an article that we both thought was pretty interesting online. And the article had a list of the top, was it the top five? It was a top five. Either five or in 10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the number one state on the list? Alabama. Alabama, the number 1 turkey hunting state on the list.
1: Yeah, with generous amounts of public
0: land and a and a 5 turkey limit, can't beat that, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. hard to beat that for sure. So, you've hunted three states. Where would you rank Alabama in the three? Number 3. I've hunted states, just the states that I've hunted, not the states that I've killed in. Probably 23, 22. 21 states, something like that, um, I would probably rank Alabama, just overall, I'm talking about the complete experience in the turkey woods, I would put Alabama at the top of the bottom half. So
1: about 13 or 14th?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I- and, I mean, that's just what we're talking about now is the current state of Alabama. You know, Oh, that's you, exactly you right, said, yes. You know, year, a couple of years ago, it, it really could have been number one. You know, yeah. you said there were turkeys everywhere. And and next year, they might be an unbelievable season. It might be the best state around. But for this year, I, I mean, yeah. until I see something otherwise, or get a text from you saying if there's birds everywhere, I'm not planning
0: on coming back. Well, and it definitely has cycled. I can tell you not even 10 years ago, probably more like six, five, six, seven years ago, it was not unusual to go out in the morning on private land and hear six or seven birds gobble. But that has definitely changed. And, you know, there's still some parts of the state where you can go, some pockets out there where you can go and you can hear six or seven birds gobble in the morning. But I'm going to tell you, I went to North Carolina, three years ago, two years ago. I can't, I'd have to look at my license to see. I hunted private land and heard, we had one morning, it was just awful, awful weather. Terrible turkey hunting weather. I thought I was going to freeze into a solid block of ice and somebody was going to have to come in there with a hand truck to get me out. The second morning, I think we heard four birds gobble. The third morning, we hunted the same area we hunted the second morning. And heard at least 20 different turkeys gobble. So I'm just saying all this because obviously you can't believe everything that you read on the internet. And for you guys who are trying to kill a turkey in every state, or if you're just going to neighboring states to hunt turkeys, the internet is a great place to start your research, but you need to remain flexible. And you need to talk to people who really and truly hunt those states, whether that's finding people on forums or calling people from looking up the names in the back of the NWTF magazine, because there's a list of every state director in the back of the NWTF magazine. That's a great place to start. Ask for some of the chapter president's names and telephone numbers or email addresses talk to people who are actually in the woods hunting instead of sitting at a computer writing an article. And I'm going to tell you, there are very few people out there who have been to 10 different states hunting turkeys in one season that can tell you, okay, I've hunted 10 different states and here are the top 10. They haven't hunted all 50 in a season or 49, excuse me, because Alaska doesn't have wild turkeys. So they haven't hunted all 49. So they can't give you an honest ranking of the top turkey hunting states out there when they haven't been to every single turkey hunting state and ranked them all. So yeah, if they're
1: basing their rankings off of bag limit and supposed population that they project, big I mistake. mean, that, that's, yeah, it, I don't, I don't think their population projection is very accurate either. Well, it, it might be, but they're not easy to kill
0: anyone. <laughs> big mistake. Yeah. And, you know, part of that, Part of the key to being successful when you're when you're traveling to these other states is that flexibility. And if you're hearing reports of bad hunting in Alabama, find out why. Why was the hunting bad in Alabama this year? And then make a decision about next year. You, you may put it off next year, but you may hear somebody or several people, because I hope that you're talking to several people who hunt in that state, You may hear several people say, well, we had a bad season because the turkeys were henned up from day one to day 46. Well, that tells me if they're henned up from day one to day 46, there probably was a fantastic hatch somewhere along the line, like last year. And so Alabama might be a good spot two years from now. Or maybe there was some bad weather at the end of season that destroyed quite a few nests, and the hens that were sitting on those nests are now back out looking for love. And so, you know, there's factors out there that we need to take into account. So, all right, we've been going at this for a while and I've still got a lot on my agenda here. So we're moving on. What I are two... think we got our point across. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. There, there's just so much more to doing research about where you're going to go hunt than yeah. the internet. And it really, you... you've got to pick up the phone and call people and talk to them. And turkey hunters love to talk about turkey hunting. Yeah. I mean, I get guests on this show who, when I tell them I want to interview them for 30 or 45 minutes, two hours later, we're still on the phone talking turkey hunting. Yeah. People love to talk turkey hunting. They will talk to you about hunting turkeys. They're not going to give you their spot. And I will promise you, if you call somebody in Alabama and you say, where do I need to start? They're going to point you in the complete 180 degree opposite direction. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, we are moving on. Tell me two or three things that you learned or even relearned that were kind of driven home to you during this season.
1: I'd say number one thing that I learned this year was hunt in the afternoon because I, for all for the years I've hunted, you know, which uh, it isn't that many, but probably about nine or nine, eight or nine years. I typically have been a morning hunter and never really thought they gobbled much or anything in the afternoons and never had any success in the afternoons. And this year I've hunted in the afternoons quite a bit when I was in Tennessee because I was only there for weekends, you know, and had a lot of success in the afternoons. So I would say definitely don't, if you can legally hunt after one o'clock, which I know like Missouri, you can, you can only hunt till one, but if
0: you can,
1: I would, because it is, it can be very, a very good time to hunt.
0: Those hunts are usually pretty quick too, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you get them gobbling in the afternoon, especially early afternoon, like four o'clock,
0: I mean that that turkey's
1: coming. He's probably been alone for a while. Yeah, yep. And it it, it definitely paid off for me this year. And then something else I learned would be that on public land, you better be ready to walk and cover some serious ground because. You just, you know, you can't really show up to your spot that you know where a turkey is. And he, I don't know, the turkeys here that I was hunting publicly, and they didn't do like in Tennessee where they'll roost in the same area. They they move around. Yes. And they'll roost on this ridge the next day. And then next day, they'll be 700 yards away on the, that ridge over there. And he's going the other way, you know. And something I picked up from you, hunting with you a couple times this year is, when you're, I notice when, when I'm hunting with you, you see things that like I typically would have never noticed because I would walk right over it. But when you're walking, you're like studying the ground and studying the leaves and everything and looking for turkey sign. And I started doing that more so this year and, you know, would find gobbler tracks that I typically wouldn't have seen and then come back to that spot the next day where I'd never heard a turkey gobble and there he is, you know? Yeah. And so slowing down and really checking out what's What's around you while you're moving around can really help you, especially on public land. Yeah, and I'd say I'd say those are those are some of the key things I learned. But definitely, afternoon hunting is, is was my number one biggest thing that I will definitely be doing more often in the year count.
0: Yeah, I think for me, number one on the list. Is, and it's not something that I learned, it's something that I know, but it was really driven home this year because I've never really been faced with it before. But it's, and and I've said this in the past on several shows, and I think I'm going to change it now. I've said in the past that it is hard to kill turkeys where there are no turkeys. And I need to change that up, and I need to start saying it is impossible to kill turkeys where there are no turkeys and you know i had a hand that was dealt to me i thought i was set for turkey hunting in alabama on the weekends when i could hunt all day long and that plan fell apart and so you know i actually worked pretty hard this year to find other areas around birmingham to hunt and did pretty well. I I scored a couple of places that I killed. Well, one of the places I killed a turkey on the other place, I actually missed a turkey on and just so happened to be the same day you missed your turkey on public land. Yep. And I need to work more on securing more places to hunt. And this sounds kind of, kind of funny. You know, I, I'm, I am a I'm not going to say secretive kind of guy, even though some people would say that I am probably without even hesitation. But I I keep, I try to keep a lot of information about me close to the vest for no other reason than I don't like to talk. This sounds so hilarious to hear. I don't like to talk. There's a period at the end of that. I I have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. That. And I don't like interesting to Interesting statement. Yes, this is very interesting. Okay, so I, I would much rather listen to people. And so I, I, I learn so much more by listening to people, whether I learn something that is just about the world in general or I learn something about that person. So I don't talk very much. I don't tell people that I run across very often, hey, I'm a turkey hunter, and you know I hunt every single day. So I'm at this wedding this past saturday wedding and wedding reception and at the reception i was talking to the man who owns the venue where we were this wedding was out in the country so i'm chit-chatting with him and there were a couple of doves that flew over the tree line about 600 yards away this you know about dusk dark and i said so doug when is the dove hunt and he looks at me and he's like what are you talking about i said when is the dove hunt I said, you got some doves flying over there on the woods line. We need to put a dove field over there, and we need to have us a dove hunt. He said, "John, I don't even hunt. So we got to talking. I told him that I turkey hunt. He's like, well, uh, you, uh, you ought to come out here sometime and turkey hunt. Well, of course, if he throws that out there? We're going to have a little bit more in-depth discussion. <laughs> he just became your best friend. Yeah, so we're, we're <laughs> chit-chatting, and, and he's like, well, you know, what— uh, tell me about your turkey hunting. I said, well, I'm probably one of the more addicted turkey hunters out there. I said, in fact, about four hours, no, at this point in time, it was about six hours. I said, about six hours ago, I was in North Carolina turkey hunting. He looked at me and said, no, there's no way. I said, yeah. I drove straight (laughs) in, ran into my house, took a shower, threw on a suit, drove 45 minutes over here to this venue. And now I'm here. And he said, well, jump in the buggy here and let me show you around the property. So I've got permission to hunt his place now, it's 80 some odd acres, and he told me exactly where he sees turkeys all the time. And then later that evening, I'm talking to a uh, friend of my wife's husband, and they're, when I say friends, they're more like loose friends, they're not very close. And so I'm talking to her husband, and he said, well, I didn't know you turkey hunted. I said, yeah, I turkey hunt all the time. He said, oh, well, you need to come hunt my place down south of Birmingham there. It's about 20, 25 minutes from my house. He's got 200 acres. And he said, I see turkeys on it all the time. So call me next year. We'll go out there. And and," he said, I don't care to hunt, but I'll go out there with you, and you can hunt. So I've learned to talk a little bit with other people because it opens up opportunities. and. I've worked hard this year to find places close to Birmingham to hunt. I will be working hard through the off season to find more places in Birmingham or near Birmingham to hunt because next year I plan on hunting during the week because I have to work close to Birmingham. And on the weekends, I plan on going to Mississippi or Georgia until I kill in one or both of those states. There's no reason for me to go and hunt every weekend in Alabama. I've killed in Alabama. I've done that. So I can move on from that point. The other, one of the other things that I learned this season, (laughs) and I learned it late in the season, check your dang game cameras. If you're going to put game cameras out (laughs) on your properties to get pictures of turkeys, if you're not checking the game cameras, the cards on there to see what kind of pictures you have, how are you going to know what the turkeys are doing on your property? So one of my goals for the year was to kill a turkey on my property in Chilton County, south of Birmingham. I burned it, burned part of it. Did a controlled burn, and it turned out beautiful. The turkeys were using it early in the season. I get over there early in the morning, bumped a couple of birds off the roost. The birds over there don't roost typically. Uh, I have to go back and correct this now. But the birds in that area typically have never roosted on my property. They roosted on the neighbors, and they would fly down and come to my property at some point during the morning. Well, Come to find out three days before the season ends when I decide to check my game cameras, they're visiting my property quite regularly between about 1030 and 130. And when I go there and I hunt, I hear them gobble on the neighbor's property and sit on the property line to try to call them off the neighbor's property and onto mine. And it almost worked for me one time this year. And then I load up at about 8 30 about the time they quit gobbling and head back to the office to go to work not knowing that two hours later they're having a party in my food plots on my property so next year we're going to correct that problem and i'll be checking game camera photos trail camera photos much more frequently and i'll be hunting when the birds are showing up on the cameras even if that means i have to sleep in a couple of mornings that'd be a shame wouldn't it
1: Yeah, if you had to sleep in and kill a turkey, it would be awful.
0: Yeah, terrible. Just terrible. All right. So those are the big things that I learned. And I'm going to be also working, as I've mentioned before, I think last week or maybe the week before, I'll be working very hard over the next 30 or 45 days on some habitat improvement projects on my hunting properties. Because if you can't improve the property and make it more turkey-ish, then you're just going to have to deal with what you've got we can we can change what the turkeys are doing by changing our properties that we hunt and making them more attractive whether that's planting chufa or planting sorghum or planting millet or corn or whatever it happens to be doing a control burn cutting some timber which actually you guys are about to do on one of your farms in tennessee aren't you
1: yep we're doing a select cut getting rid of all the gums and maples and
0: Ironwoods
1: and all the trees that provide no nutritional value to any creature at all. So leaving all the oaks and good good trees.
0: Yeah, opening up the forest floor to get some good good sunlight down there. there. Yeah,
1: because all all we got now is a, a dirt and leaves on the forest floor, which provides nothing for a turkey.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's one of the things that I will definitely be working on here, and we're going to cover a good bit of that over the next. I'm going to say two to three months, and I'm going to walk you guys through a lot of what I'm doing. It won't necessarily be entire episodes of that, even though we will have some entire episodes of that. But you're going to go on this journey with me, and we're going to find out. My neck's going to be out on the line. We're going to find out what I'm doing and if it even works. Because next season you're going to go through the season with me, and you're going to ride out everything that I'm going through, and at that point in time, and we're going to tie it back into what we've done, starting when I get back from my trip. All right, so Cameron, again, I'm getting off on a tangent. the guy who says he doesn't like to talk. <laughs> talking about hunting and habitat improvement. If you get me on fishing, I can go for days and days and days. But other than that, I don't want to talk. I'd rather listen to you. And speaking of listening to you, Tell me the story of your most exciting hunt from the season, whether you killed or you didn't kill. Yeah.
1: Well, I already shared the story of the hunt where I missed. So I can't go there, although that was a very exciting hunt, being that close to that turkey. But I would say, man, it's hard to choose because every hunt's so unique in every way. You know, it's just they're all so exciting. But I'd say the one hunt I, I would like to talk about is my oldest brother, I have three older brothers, and my oldest brother basically quit hunting completely about six or seven years ago. And he he had only been turkey hunting, like, twice, and actually killed one about 10 years ago. It was, like, the only turkey he's ever killed. And I think that was just, they slipped down a ditch because they saw him and popped up and shot him, you know. <laughs> and uh, he I convinced him to finally go turkey hunting with me yeah. uh, this year. And I took him out on an afternoon hunt, and I've been seeing this group of gobblers three gobbler usually had hens with them in this area and so we went set up and i put out a a jake decoy with a hen and we just set up and it was a beautiful afternoon bluebird sunny not windy and we actually when we were walking in i forgot about this when we're walking in to set up there's a huge field and across the field The field kind of has a, it's like a rolling hill. So, there's a backside of the field and the side we were on. Well, when we come out, I mean, it was hot too. And and we look up and the turkeys are already up on top of the hill. And the turkeys see us, but they can't tell what we are really because we're way off. Mm -hmm. So, they just kind of ease off over the other side of the hill. And I was like, well, they weren't too scared. We'll just go set up here anyway. And so, we went up another couple hundred yards down the tree line and set up. And we sat there and I was like, well, I'm not going to call for probably 30 minutes, just because we did kind of spook those turkeys a little bit. We'll let them calm down, let them get back to normal, and then I'll call. So we sat there, and we were just kind of, you know, whispering, chatting a little bit. And about 30 minutes later, I called. Nothing responded or anything. And about 10 minutes after that, I looked up, and there they were, coming over the hill again. (laughs) And they saw that Jake decoy, and it was three longbeards, and they came running. I mean, like tripping over each other, running down to us. And stopped at about 15 yards and all of them went into strut for a second and then took off running again at the decoy. And I actually, I put the decoys like, I don't know why I did this. I put them way too close. I think it was because I was scared those turkeys would peek their heads up over the hill and see me out in the field, right. you know? Yeah. So I just crawled out. I mean, like these decoys were literally like five yards from our gun barrels. <laughs> <laughs> and the turkeys literally come up i I, we stepped it off the closest one that was dead was three steps from where we were sitting wow and they came up and so we did the one two boom and we both shot and i'm talking these these gobblers that we shot they were so close when when the i'm surprised the wad wasn't in them you know what I i mean they didn't even flop they both were just stone dead immediately and so we went out there and picked them up, and they were both. Mine had, like, an 11-inch rope on him. His had his was a 10-inch beard, I think, but half of it was rotted off. We had a we had a lot of beard rot in Tennessee yeah, this did. year. Yeah, I, I, Of the six turkeys that I saw killed, four of them had beard rot. Mm-hmm. And then my brother killed another one, and it had beard rot. And so, I mean, there was a lot of beard rot. I don't know what was going on there, but that hunt was pretty if for nothing else it was awesome to take my brother out and, who basically gave up hunting years ago we finally are getting him back into it he's been duck hunting with us and he went deer hunting some this year and stuff and to take him turkey hunting and get us able to double you know that was that was pretty special and i, I really enjoyed it and the hunt
0: was incredible being that close to three big old long yeah you have to be careful of that now he's got access to the same hunting properties you have access to yeah, yeah.
1: Well, he needs somebody to call for him unless he decides to learn on his own. Oh, I don't think you he. I, also, I think. Because we went out there, sat down. I called one time, and three gobblers ran in after 15 minutes. He probably thinks it's the easiest thing in the world. So yeah,
0: that's the way that, <laughs> that usually works.
1: When we're toting them out, and I was like, I'm just gonna let you know it. It uh, that that's not supposed to be that easy. <laughs> like, do you,
0: Do you want me to put together a turkey calling CD, and you can give that to him and nah, let nah, him? That's all right. Well, you you can let him listen to that and say this. Just follow this guy's lead. And I'll do this. This is a yelp. Put, put. Yeah, yeah. Put. Just put. This is man, how you make a cluck. It... <laughs> put, put, put. This is how you make a purr. Put, put, put. Well, I mean,
1: according <laughs> to your last couple shows, I mean, the cluck and purr. I mean, that, that's basically a putt anyway. Ah, so.
0: uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> golly, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So that turkey that I called in for Cameron was that last Thursday. No, that was Friday morning, it was wasn't Friday. it? Yeah, Friday. It was morning Friday morning last week. Exactly a week ago. We saw that turkey. He popped up over the ridge. He thought he was following a hen, and we just happened to spook the hen off. And not on purpose, but by accident. Sometimes those accidents work out in your favor. But he pops over the ridge, and I told Cameron to shoot him. Cameron is too scared to shoot because he has been known to miss. And... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just bought a new shotgun. No, no it was comment. All the shotguns <laughs> no smart well, comment directed back at me for that. So, well,
1: I mean, Andy's sitting there yelling at me to shoot the turkey that's about 100 yards away. So he's not 100
0: yards. He was, <laughs> he was probably 85, 88 steps. <laughs>
1: I was, I was asking him, you know, if I could get a 22 to shoot at him. Maybe that was the only way I think I could have hit him from where we were.
0: So I'm peeking over Cameron's shoulder because I'm behind Cameron as we're walking up this ridge. And the turkey pops up. Cameron stops, says, there's the turkey. I look over Cameron's shoulder and I see him. Turkey to me looks like he's about 50 yards away. I said, shoot him. Cameron says he's too far. So we stand there and we let the turkey walk off out of sight. The turkey has not seen us. He is not nervous. He thinks he's walking in the same direction that the hen was walking and he's he's trying to catch up to her. Perfect scenario. We get up to the top of the ridge, we sit down and there's a turkey gobbling to our left. We saw this turkey walk off to our right. Cameron's facing the turkey that walked off to the right, I'm facing the turkey that's gobbling off to the left. All I did was purred and clucked very, very softly. Yep, and scratched in the leaves a little bit. About two times. And five minutes later, the turkey that walked off down the ridge to our right comes walking back up the ridge that we're sitting on that he had just walked down, walked off of. He walks up to that ridge and, you know, Cameron told you the rest of that story from there. So, you know, that, oh man, don't, don't, again, everything that's out there, there's a lot of great information out there about turkeys and turkey hunting and turkey calling. Uh, I'm not going to tell you this is the only source. But I will promise you, if I ever have anybody come on this show and they tell you, and they say that a cluck and a purr is a bad call to make, we'll have a discussion because that turkey was called in with only clucks and purrs. And he's right, some scratching in the leaves. So, all right, that's a pretty good hunt. Yeah, you've got to steer your brother off in in a different direction so he doesn't take all your good hunting spots.
1: Well, the advantage he brings is he's a farmer. So if I get him into it, he's Ooh. probably going to bring a lot of hunting land along with it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. <laughs> that might be worth the trade-off, Cameron.
1: Yeah. Well, if he brings another three thousand acres in, then yeah, you can hunt <laughs> this property absolutely right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then we won't we won't give him the turkey calling CD that I'm going to put together. Yep. So the most exciting hunt for me, and we'll wrap this thing up here, the most exciting hunt for me this year was a bird that never even gobbled. And I knew this bird was working this area because his tracks were all over the road in this particular area. And I knew he was a big bird because when I went to look at this piece of property, and this is a piece of property that I gained access to in the short period of time between Alabama's deer season and the start of Alabama's turkey season, and I got access to this property for free, 500 acres, and I went there to look at the property with the person with the president of the hunting club, and it's a hunting club that has paying members that deer hunt and have ability to turkey hunt but no one turkey hunts it and i got permission to turkey hunt it for free again we go look at this piece of property and there is a huge huge like pterodactyl size track in the mud in this road i knew this turkey had to be huge and he had to be the boss man i'd never seen him i didn't have any trail cameras out or anything but the first week of the season I knew he was in that area with some hens. I bumped him off the roost the very first morning I went in there to hunt him. The next day, or not the next day, but it was actually the next week I went back in that area, and I went in there late because I didn't want to bump him off of the roost, and I didn't know where he was roosted. So I went in there. I went and hunted a different area of that property. I went into that area where I knew he was at about 8:30. So, a good two hours and 15 minutes at that point in the season after daylight. And I took my time walking down the road. I used the terrain to my advantage and I used the bushes on the side of the road to my advantage. And I glassed and I listened because I knew the turkey was working that road with the hens. And if I was able to get close to him, I'd be able to hear him drum. But I would also work the binoculars and look for any turkey period, whether it's a hen or a gobbler, because if there's a hen there, the gobbler's close by that time of year. And sure enough, as I'm walking down the road, a hen rounds the corner. She sees me. She doesn't get too terribly nervous, but she gets nervous enough to where she just walks off, but she walks off away from the gobbler. At that point in time, I knew that I was in the right spot, but I was I had two different approaches I could take. I could either just kind of roll off the road into the briars and get to where I could shoot down the road and wait on him to walk by, or I could run back to my truck and grab my fan, and I opted for the second option there. So I ran back to the truck, got my fan, ran back to where I was. Of course, when I got close to where I spooked that hen, or I saw the hen, I slowed down, made sure there was no more, there were no more turkeys in the road and got to where I wanted to be and started crawling down the road towards where I knew that hen had come from. And I got about 10 yards down the road because the road is rocky and it's not a place you want to be crawling on, on your hands and knees. (laughs) And so two more hens come up around the corner, see the fan, and they're not real comfortable And they turn and they walk off the road the same direction the first hen went. So I'm still standing there, or sitting there, I should say, on my hands and knees, holding the fan. And another hen comes around the curve in the road. And she looks down there at the fan. And I'm sure that the thought that crossed her mind was this. Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to stand right here. And I'm going to wait for Bill to come around the curve in the road and see that there's another turkey strutting down here. And I'm going to watch Bill whoop the ever loving, you know what, out of that turkey that's strutting down there. So she kind of stands around in the curve in the road and she pecks around a little bit and feeds. And the next turkey I see come around the curve in the road has a red head, but it's not the turkey that I know is there. And that turkey comes around the curve in the road and stops and looks. And he's like, he turns around and looks back where he just came from. And he had the same thought the hen had. (laughs) This is going to be the best butt kicking I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Well, here comes Bill around the curve in the road. And Bill is the man in the territory. And Bill looked down there and he saw that fan. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, oh no. There was no hesitation at all from that gobbler. From the time he came around the curve in the road, he saw that fan. He started walking my direction. He got about. Now, when he came around the curve in the road, he is he's in shooting range. He's easy 40 yards. Well, there's two more Jakes behind him. So the first redhead I saw was a Jake. Then Bill walks around there, the long beard. And then here comes two Jakes behind Bill. So, Bill starts my direction, and the three Jakes are just kind of walking like, yeah, we're going to go watch this firsthand. This is going to be incredible. Bill gets about halfway to me, and he steps over to the side of the road, and that was the only hesitation that he made in his whole approach to me. He stopped for maybe two seconds on the side of the road, and then he stepped back out into the middle of the road, and he didn't run full bore at me. But he came with speed, and he came with purpose. He had a look in his eye that I don't know that I have seen an animal have in quite a long time. He got about 12 yards, probably 12 or 13 steps from me. And I'm looking through the fan at him coming at me. And it's hard to judge distance when you're looking through something at an object behind it. So I knew he was getting close and I knew I'm shooting a 12 gauge that has one heck of a pattern to it at a close distance and I don't want to miss this turkey. And I'm thinking that when I drop this fan, he's going to freak out and dart to the left or dart to the right. So I'm going to have to shoot him moving 90 degrees left or 90 degrees right. And I've got to worry about what's behind him because there's three jakes and a hen back there as well. At about 12 or 13 steps, I dropped the fan. That bird never checked up never checked up. He is still coming at me with purpose. I raised the gun and shot him at nine steps. He Good never, thing he didn't miss. I know it. I know. He probably Yeah. Oh yeah. Well the, the turkeys that were watching, they knew exactly what was going on. There there was going to be a butt kick a butt kicking. And had I missed it would have been mine. So Again, because I feel like I have to, I was the only person who was turkey hunting this property. I was the only person signed out for the area that I was supposed, that I was in. That doesn't mean that a poacher couldn't have come in because that could have very well happened. But I felt comfortable enough to use the fan because it was private property and there was no one else in the area hunting. In fact, no one else ever hunted that 500 acres, period, other than me for turkeys. So... I was comfortable using the fan in that situation. I would never even consider doing that on public land. And I would be very, very, very hesitant to even think about doing it on private land where I know there are other hunters hunting. So I'm not, I can't tell you not to fan a turkey in or to reap a turkey because I've done it and chances are I'll do it again. But Please think about things before you do it and know that you're taking a huge risk if you're throwing a turkey tail fan in front of your face. So I took the risk. It paid off. It was fun. You know, some people may say I'm a hypocrite because I preach safety all the time and then I do something stupid like that. But again, I felt comfortable. And like I said in last week's show, as far as I know, as far as I've read, as far as as I have heard, there has been one shooting Involving somebody fanning, so it only works in certain situations. You don't need to be carrying a fan in the woods in front of your face because I don't think it does you any good. I think it scares more turkeys than it'll help with. It works well in fields and in open areas. The end. That's all I've got to say about that. You and I are about an hour and a half into this, Cameron. Yeah, I think uh, I think you you like to talk a little bit. Like I Maybe said, just I, about turkeys. <laughs> I like to talk about turkeys. I like to talk I about turkeys <laughs> for sure. All right, we're going to. Call it a show, and I know you're calling it a season. Yep, I'm I'm done shooting.
1: Hopefully I can get one for my buddy tomorrow morning.
0: Congratulations on a great turkey season for you. Congratulations on graduation from college. Man, that's exciting stuff. I'm happy for you. Yeah,
1: real world's about to start.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, get off of mom and dad's payroll and get out there and start earning your own keep. Yep, start earning turkey hunting money. Yeah, there you go. I want to save up enough to maybe go hunt an offiola next year. I know somebody will probably help you get one. Yep. Sounds good good to you. Me. you won't regret that trip. It'll be a blast. It's awesome. Yep. Awesome. One of my favorite hunts to go on for sure. Good deal, man. Sweet. All right. I'll Thank see you, you later. Yeah, Appreciate your help with everything, both in the mortgage internship and the internship that you're helping out with on the podcast and enjoyed hunting with you this past week. Look forward to hunting with you in the years to come as well.
1: Sounds good. Definitely right. will. North Carolina for sure
0: next year. So Definitely. Yep. All right. Well, I'll see you later.
1: Have a great weekend.
0: Yep. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. So normally I ask you for a favor each week. And this week the favor is to please forward this episode to a hunting buddy via text. And you can use the share feature in your podcast player and forward this episode via text to a hunting buddy so that he or she can listen in and hopefully learn a few things from my mistakes and Cameron's mistakes over this past year so if you would do that for me that would be wonderful I'd much appreciate that and thank you guys so much for tuning in this week I know that you have choices I appreciate you spending your time with us I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week goodbye